What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Michigan State Police are conducting the annual Eyes on 94 campaign around the state this week, keeping an eye on commercial vehicles on I-94 to make sure their drivers are being safe. Sergeant Nick Asmus out of Pawpaw tells us Southwest Michigan sees a lot of highway crashes involving semis because there's so many of them. The I-94 corridor in general in the state of Michigan is a very heavily trafficked area. That Chicago to Detroit, Chicago to Grand Rapids, it's a major thoroughfare for them. Asmus says MSP motor carrier officers are watching out for behaviors that most commonly lead to crashes, the most common of which is distracted driving. The inattentiveness of driving. Sometimes they look down at the, whether it be their phone or something and something pops right up in front of them. I know weather is not great, those moments can be really tragic. Police are also watching out for speeding, following too close, improper passing, and improper lane use. Asmus says in addition to just pulling over violators, motor carrier officers will also reach out to commercial vehicle drivers as they enter the state and stop at the New Buffalo Way Station. Eyes on 94 continues through Friday. The Buchanan City Commission is meeting tonight to consider a special meeting to be held Wednesday regarding the employment status of the city manager. Previously, Buchanan Mayor Sean Dennison said City Manager Benjamin Eldridge was suspended so the city could investigate employee workplace complaints. In a statement, the mayor said he wanted the commission to deal with the issue as quickly as possible, so when the city commission meets tonight, they'll consider setting the hearing for this week. The commission is also considering a motion by the mayor to hold a special hearing to proceed on ethics charges against Commissioner Dan Vigansky. That's related to the mayor, who said complaints against the city manager from City Hall employees were shared with the city commission confidentially. However, one member of the commission shared those complaints with the manager. The decision was made to suspend the manager until the investigation could be complete. Kicking off this week is the South Bend International Airport's Bears in the Air campaign for 2023. Airport spokesperson Julie Curtis tells us the campaign collects teddy bears that are given to children staying in regional hospitals for the holidays. Over the past 12 years, it's given out more than 17,000 bears. Curtis says that makes a big difference to the kids having a rough time. We have heard from so many health care providers about what the difference that it does, whether it's in the pediatrics wing, whether it's in the ER, whether it's in any of the special testing areas that the staff really needs something to help calm a child down. And it just provides a little bit of comfort. The hospitals receiving bears through the program include Corwell Health South and St. Joseph. Everything gets started tomorrow with an event where South Bend area community leaders will deliver the first bears to the Bear Den at the airport. Uh, this Friday will bring the annual party to raise funds to purchase more bears. That's not all the party supports. It provides funds to the veterans at the Robert L. Miller Senior Veterans Center. And to date, we have provided more than $86,000 to those homeless veterans. The gathering will be Friday at 6 p.m. at the airport and everyone's invited. The cost to get in is $35. Curtis says the Bears will be delivered to the hospitals the week of December 18th. The South Haven City Council has approved an advance of $100,000 for the South Haven Area Recreation Authority as it prepares to construct the new Phoenix Street Kayak Launch and the 14th Avenue Recreation Fields. 
At a meeting last week, City Manager Kate Hosier told the council the Recreation Authority has some grant money coming in for the projects, but it needs an advance from the city to fill a gap. For example, with the kayak launch. What happens when you receive a grant award where you're getting 50% or 75% of the grant project cost covered by the grant means that you have to expend those funds and then seek reimbursement from the state granting agencies. They do try to turn them around within 45 days. However, between these two grants, we're at least 90 days out. Hosier said the advance from the city would help bridge the difference. The advance would be returned to the city before the end of the fiscal year. The council approved the action, noting the city currently has a surplus of nearly $200,000 anyway. South Haven Township has also made an advance to the Recreation Authority for the work. Michigan's duck hunting season runs through January, and many hunters are concerned about how plentiful their future will be because of a recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling. It's been six months since the high court removed protections for most wetlands around the country. Zach Morris heads the Conservation Federation of Missouri and says the Sackett versus EPA case dealt with identifying which waters are protected under the federal Clean Water Act. Morris says without thriving wetlands, duck hunting won't be able to carry on. It's hard to say how many of those uh, unprotected wetlands are going to be plowed under or how fast, but that's certainly, I think, a reality that we'll face is significant wetland loss over the next 10 years or so and declining duck numbers as a result. Wetlands are also the primary habitat for 200 at-risk plants and animals in Michigan. Morris says most of the ducks that migrate through the Midwest on the Central or Mississippi flyways hatch in small pothole wetlands in North and South Dakota, Iowa, and Canada. And duck habitat is expected to decline for the U.S. portion of that. Christmas tree farms around Michigan are expecting to see a lot of business in the next week. There's a debate every year about having a real or fake tree. Michigan Christmas Tree Association Director Amy Start says some people opt for fake trees because they think real trees are too hard to take care of. Some people get very nervous about it, like, oh, that's going to be a lot of work. And it isn't. You know, it's just a matter of when you get your real tree, make sure you get a fresh cut on the bottom of it. In most farms, if you go to a farm, they will put the cut on it. If you get your tree from a lot or a, um, a store, go ahead and when you get home, cut about an inch off the bottom. That'll help the uh, water to absorb through the tree. And then put it in fresh water. Start says somewhere between a 25 and 30 million real Christmas trees are sold each year in the U.S., Michigan has the third biggest Christmas tree economy in the country. And today is Cyber Monday, the day to catch those holiday deals online. Michigan Retailers Association's Andrea Bightley says a website is needed for stores in this day and age. It's so incredibly necessary for small and medium businesses to have that online presence. If only to post their store hours and a featured item. But that online presence for small businesses has really allowed them to grow leaps and bounds. No more are they stuck with just a brick-and-mortar shop. So many of them are doing mail orders and curbside pickups. Bailey says holiday sales should be up 3 to 4% this year nationwide. Americans were expected to spend around $950 billion this season. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. The Israel and Hamas ceasefire was set to end today, but the sides have agreed to extend it for two more days. That'll bring the intensive military campaign by Israel to the terrorist group to a longer halt. 
ABC's Karen Travers has more from President Biden. President Biden thanked the leaders of Israel, Egypt and Qatar for their work to reach an agreement with Hamas to extend the ceasefire for an additional 48 hours. The president in a statement says he's remained deeply engaged over the last few days to ensure this deal can continue to deliver results. He says the agreement was, quote, brokered and sustained through extensive U.S. mediation and diplomacy. Mr. Biden adds that the humanitarian pause has enabled a, quote, significant surge in additional humanitarian assistance to the innocent and civilians who are suffering across the Gaza Strip. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The extension of the ceasefire raises the prospect of an even longer halt to the deadliest and most destructive war between Israel and Hamas, as well as further exchanges of militant-held hostages for Palestinians imprisoned in Israel. The announcement made by a spokesperson for Qatar's foreign ministry came on the final day of the original four-day truce between the warring sides. A fourth swap of hostages for prisoners under that deal was expected later today. So far, Hamas has released 58 hostages, including 39 Israelis during the current truce. Israel has released 117 Palestinian prisoners. The man who allegedly shot and wounded three Palestinian men in Burlington, Vermont, was in court today. More from ABC's Sherry Preston. The state's attorney says they're still weighing whether hate crimes charges are justified against 48-year-old Jason Eaton, who has pleaded not guilty to three counts of attempted murder and remains behind bars with his bail denied. The victims were visiting family at the University of Vermont when police say Eaton walked up to them Saturday night, fired four times, and then ran off. All three victims were wearing Palestinian headscarves at a time when threats against Muslims and Jews are both on the rise with the increase in violence in the Middle East. The Pentagon says the five armed assailants captured by U.S. forces after seizing a commercial ship near Yemen over the weekend were likely Somali and not Iranian-backed. Recent attacks on commercial vessels have been conducted by Houthis and part of a rise in violence in the region due to the Israel-Hamas war. While the Pentagon is still assessing the motives of the latest uh, group, Press Secretary Pat Ryder told reporters on Monday, quote, we know they're not Houthis. He said this was clearly a piracy-related event. Yemen's internationally recognized government has accused the Houthis of attacking MV Central Park in the Gulf of Aden on Sunday. As we head into the winter and holiday season, the CDC is tracking a rise in respiratory illnesses. Liz Landers is in Washington, D.C. with more. Respiratory illnesses are on the rise across the country. That's according to the Center for Disease Control. Ten states and Puerto Rico are reporting high or very high respiratory illness rates. And New York City is also experiencing a spike in cases. Respiratory illnesses include flu, COVID, RSV, and the common cold. Despite the current uptick in respiratory illness activity nationally, hospital bed occupancy and capacity are stable. Liz Landers, ABC News, Washington. An executive of Donald Trump's company says it no longer prepares the sweeping financial statements that New York State contends were full of deceptive numbers for years. Mark Hawthorne testified today at Trump's New York civil fraud trial. Trump's 2014 to 2021 financial statements are at the heart of State Attorney General Letitia James's lawsuit against the former president. She says Trump and his company misled lenders and insurers by giving them financial statements that inflated his net worth. Trump denies any wrongdoing. Hawthorne says the Trump organization now continues to prepare various audits and other financial reports specific to some of its components, but there's no all-encompassing financial statement for the company. The U.S. House may vote as soon as Wednesday on a resolution to expel New York Republican Representative George Santos. In addition to a federal indictment charging him with 23 counts, Santos stands accused by his colleagues of additional offenses. He took to the social media site formerly known as Twitter to defend himself, but added that he knows he's going to be expelled. 
More if maybe see Stephen Portnoy. George Santos says the numbers for him don't look good. It's a badge of honor for me. The New York Republican has defiantly resisted calls to step down, essentially daring his colleagues to vote to oust him in the wake of the scathing Ethics Committee report that alleges he used campaign funds on personal expenses. The Ethics Committee's Republican chairman is offering the expulsion resolution, which requires a two-thirds vote to pass. The last time the House voted to expel a member who hadn't first been convicted of a crime was when Confederates were ousted from the House in 1861. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. If you were in an airport over the Thanksgiving weekend, then you know they were busy. We all know airports were busier than ever before, but things went relatively smoothly, says ABC's Alex Stone. The TSA has never seen as many travelers go through security checkpoints at airports on a single day as it did on Sunday when over 2.9 million people went through. That's in line with what American Airlines is saying, that it saw more people fly on its planes over Thanksgiving than ever before during that period. And it says from November 16th to November 26th, American canceled a total of 55 flights or 0.09% of all of its flights. United has said it too had record low cancellations during the Thanksgiving period. Alex Stone, ABC News.